today is Wednesday, <clears throat> November 15, 2023. My name is Jaron Jackson. I do love America. For me, it's always about the gospel of Jesus Christ, his death, his burial, his resurrection. That is God's power unto salvation. That's the only way to go to heaven. You must be born again. You must believe the gospel. I want to start with Proverbs chapter 15, verse 1 and 2. A soft answer turneth away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. The tongue of the wise useth knowledge aright, but the mouth of fools poureth out foolishness. I believe that the words we speak come from the beliefs we hold in our brains, which really are serving the convictions in our heart. I say frequently that what goes into your eyes and into your ears for the key terrain of the mind is for the prize of your soul. The words we say, Jesus taught, from the wellspring of the heart, the mouth speaks. So when you say stuff, it actually shows your convictions and it shows what you worship. People will tell on themselves all day long when they actually speak what they say or what they want, even though if, even if they hide it. Today, I want to cut deep. I'm even going to turn the guns on myself. Podcasters, people who speak on the internet for a living, ostensibly. The subject of this live stream will be how to stop or stopping the third worldification of America. Stopping America's third worldification. Stopping the fact that America is on the track that it is and how to change. The long story short is a repentance and a belief in the gospel. Now that might come off as churchy. You might actually have those words come into your ears. You might see me and my glorious beard say those things and say, I don't really believe that. That's dumb. That's stupid. That's churchy. Or you may even, as might be the case for people in my audience, you might actually think, okay, yeah, no, I get that. But how? What's the connection? Where does that connect with real life? And that's what I want to spoke that's what I want to specifically focus on. I want to focus on making that connection. Making the connection from the belief in your heart to manifesting and things in real life. Now, I don't mean manifesting in a uh, seeker-sensitive, uh, what's it called, uh, law of attraction type of thing. I don't believe in law of attraction. I'm not a Gnostic. I'm not New Age. I don't believe any of that garbage. Very simply, when Jesus called his church the church, in the Greek it means the called those who are called out. The called out ones. He invites. Jesus is a God of invitation. He's inviting you to believe the gospel. And when you do and you group with other people who believe the gospel, what you're doing is you're taking that conviction in your heart and you're behaving it. You're putting it into action. And the more people who believe the gospel that come together, the more that you're actually showing your belief. You're manifesting your belief. You are doing the word, not just hearing the word. Now let's go back and let's pivot to San Francisco if we can. The sodomy capital of the United States, dare I say the world. This is depravity central. There's not a hole in the human body that these people haven't exploited for their own gain. It's full of needles on the ground, bunch of stuff all over the place. It's run down. Businesses are fleeing. And what used to be the liberal Mecca is now the liberal Mecca. What used to be the place where people used to, you know, gallivant around and say, oh, look at us, we're liberal democracies, and look at all this other stuff, is now a trash heap. It's a trash heap, or else it used to. President Xi Jinping Pong, the godless commie dictator of the Chinese People's Republic of Godless Communism, showed up in California yesterday, specifically San Francisco. And whereas San Francisco used to look like a dung heap, with used needles and homelessness and trash all over the place, 
did not look like that. Instead, it looked like a parade for a communist dictator in a communist nation, and it looked like this. Commentary follows. China flags, no American flags. Of course, the music was overlaid. But this, the streets were clean. They were swept. The riffraff was gone. The homelessness weren't visible. Things looked like it was a communist dictatorship where everything was primp and proper for the pomp and circumstance of the godless commie dictator Xi Jinping Pong coming right through San Francisco, California. Now, the former mayor of San Francisco, the former lover of Kimberly Guilfoyle, she, or this guy's name is Gavin Newsom. He's the current governor of California. He was asked, did you actually clean up San Francisco so that you could present it uh, to the Xi Jinping Pong guy? Which, of course, people were accusing him of doing that only because that's his actual master. He's uh, a beneficiary of some kind for communism. This is what Gavin Newsom has to say about the allegation that he only cleaned up San Francisco for Xi Jinping Pong. I know folks say, oh, they're just cleaning up this place because all those fancy leaders are coming into town. Um, that's true because it's true. But it's also true for months and months and months prior to APEC, we've been having different conversations. I mean, <laughs> in a what would Rush Limbaugh say in a random act of journalism in a random act of integrity the godless commie politician believes an unfettered butchering of babies the un the untrammeled ability to just plow the tilth of you know whatever gap in people's bodies the sexual pervert says yeah we cleaned it up because he's coming to town now why is this important I believe that this is important because the imagery of the Chinese flags, the Chinese godless commie dictator, the American politician admitting the fact that, yeah, we cleaned it up because he came to town. All of these things are coming to a head. All of these things are converging on a central idea, and that is the fact that America is a third world country. It's becoming, fast becoming a third world country. On my Telegram channel, I pointed out last night that there are complex systems that require competence in this nation to keep this nation running. Most of these jobs, most of these professions are done by men. Most of the maintenance workers, most of the people repairing your highways, most of the people putting up power line poles whenever storm knocks, storms knock them down, air traffic controllers, railroad, railroad conductors. There's all sorts of competence needing jobs and professions that Americans do that are nameless, faceless, but they require competence. And so you have this broad diffusion of highly competent people in America, even though it might not look like it, your sarcasm meter and your snark meter might be going off the hook right now. Well, Jaron, we don't look like it. Well, you know, the trains run on time. There's still potholes being filled in, though there's more and more and more. In fact, the thumbnail for this, uh, for this day's uh, live stream looks like this. It's just a bunch of potholes. It's just a pothole of a random American town. There's a random American town right there with potholes. The roads are disrepair. Why is this the case? I think that there's a lot of reasons why. 
But I want to bend the idea back to the Bible, if we can, to Proverbs 15, 1 through 2. Proverbs 15, 1 through 2 says, uh, you know, a soft answer turneth away wrath. So it's a soft answer, which means someone's asking a question. Someone's saying something. Someone's doing something. Here, I see the destruction of our nation. I see the third worldification of the United States. I hate that. But what is the soft answer to that? Because the hard answer is, you know, wanting to assign blame somewhere. Here is where I want to deliberately apply the wisdom of God because I think that if we look at it, we can actually see a way forward with what the Bible says instead of politics as usual, which is I'm about to crush. I'm about to smash politics as usual, and I'm about to smash people in my own profession, podcasters on the internet. Okay, that's the setup. So let's look at what God says, hear what God says, and then set up the destruction of what is actually contributing to the third worldification of America. God says in Proverbs 15 verse 1, a, a, um, a soft answer turneth away wrath, anger. But grievous words stir up anger. If you are uh, grieving people, if you're accusing, if you're slandering, if you're going to blame other people, it's going to stir up anger. anger. We have a political system that's based on a power epistemology. Haves, have-nots. This is Marxism. This is the have-have-nots bourgeoisie proletariat. Instead of the American system, which comes from Christianity, whereby we receive rights from God. And so there is not a have-not, have-and-have-not. There is a, the Lord has giveth and the Lord taketh away. You have been given what you have and you have it from God, and or you don't have what you have because God hasn't given it to you. And so whenever you substitute that position, instead of God's provision, it's now man's scheming power epistemology. That Marxist perspective of politics, the haves, the have-nots, the left, the right, the Democrats, the Republicans, the conservatives, the liberal, this way of thinking has made us tribalistic. It's made us full of animosity. It's made it to where we were always going to be rivalrous. We are always going to be pugilistic against somebody. And the essence of that difference, the distinction, is always on the difference of what we look like, on how we behave, on, on the stuff that we have. And so how easy is it for me to prove that I am not you and you are not me? Pretty obvious. So all you have to do is make the distinction between us Overlay the context of some political issue, and now what you've just done is imbued the obvious distinction that is probably put there by God. You imbue the obvious distinction with the political motivation. That's how you tribalize. That's how you get people angry. That's how you whip people into a frenzy. Make sense? And so instead of me having excess and giving it to somebody, as the Bible would talk about, you now have Jaron who has something and people who don't have something, but somehow Jaron's a white supremacist and he's a racist. I've stolen that from somebody and I'm actually abusing people because I have something that they don't. Like a wife that isn't a whore or kids that aren't undisciplined. Like I have blessings that God has given me, but somehow my blessings come across as me abusing other people. This is an ungodly way to think and as a result of it, our nation sucks. But that has also manifested in our politics because at the same time that Xi Jinping Pong was visiting San Francisco, 
And Gavin Newsom admitted, yeah, we cleaned it up because of Xi Jinping Pong. The same time, uh, the, the Highway 10, which is one of the major transportation freeways in Los Angeles, was on fire. This is from Disgraced Propagandist. He says, we are currently witnessing a key moment in culture war history as a homeless encampment underneath one of LA's most trafficked freeways, the 10, caught on fire and destroyed the freeway indefinitely. Look at the warped metal there. That's how much fire it was. Look at the warped metal of the guardrail. Look at that homeless population burned in the lower right. Now again, I'm you know, God bless these people. You know, the 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 poverty, the destitution, the Marxist liberal politics that come from California aren't good, and this is obviously why things are bad. But this is a godly godless perspective. So at the same time when the Californian politicians are serving third world dictators, Xi Jinping Pong, cleaning up San Francisco, they don't give a crap about the people that are in uh, Los Angeles where there's fire burning and the biggest freeway, the 10, the, 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 the bridge has been warped because of the flames. Like this is a lack of competence, which comes to a, a from a, a, a position that you're not grateful for what you have. Instead of stewarding what God has given you, the knowledge, the skills, the time, the talent, the opportunity, the community, for maintaining what's good and improving on what you have, you exchange stewardship for an expectation. I'm, I demand to have a bridge that works. I demand people serve me. It's this hidey tidy, you know, highfalutin, selfish paradigm that's not grateful for the nation that we have built. It's not grateful for the nation that we have been blessed by. Now, this is where I want to turn the guns on myself and everybody else that talks on the internet for a living. People who speak for money, people who provide for their family with their ideas and the things that they say. I am in this camp. This live stream, this podcast, this presentation, the community, the audience has been a blessing to me. Don't want to shy away from that at all. I have never signed up with sponsors because I never wanted anyone to tell me uh, what I could or couldn't say. But more importantly than that, I didn't want anyone to take away from the gospel. I think I've been very clear about this through the times, the years that I've been doing this. But I saw today, someone sent me today, a video of a trucker that just spoke right to my heart. And I think that this is true i think it's going to hurt me and that's fine because it's the truth and we i want to talk about it because i think that it's a useful position for normal people to consider what goes in through their eyes and in through their ears for the key terrain of the mind and the prize of the soul you need to discern and guard your hearts this man has positioned and um, explains something that is influencing him and millions of other people He's not going to name me because I'm not important enough, but put me in this category. And as you think about stuff, we'll comment after. Go ahead. What's up, America? I got to have a little discussion with you today. Oh, yeah. He's, uh, there's going to be some curse words. So if you've got kids that don't like the F word and curse words or you don't like the F word and curse words, that's your heads up. That's your trigger warning. Go ahead. I'm coming after some heads today. You want to know why? Because I had an epiphany. You know, as I'm sitting here doing my job, I'm a truck driver, I'm out on the road delivering goods and services to people all around around the fucking country. You know what I do in my spare time is I listen to podcasts. And I'm only going to come after the people that I listen to because I see a pattern here. So I listen to Dan Bongino. I listen to Tim Poole. I listen to Steven Crowder. 
I listen to all these men, Alex Jones, all of them. And the pattern is, is what happens is they build up this huge audience and they get us all riled up because the administration is corrupt, right? The administration has taken millions from China, from Russia, from here, from there. And they get us all riled up. And then what comes next? Oh, well, you got to buy our coffee. You have to buy our shirts. You have to subscribe to the channel. You have to do this. You have to do that. It's all a fucking fraud. It's all a fucking scheme to get money, to make money. While us regular Americans, we, we're out here working nine to five every day just to put food on the table. So Steve, Tim, Dan Bongino, all my favorite guys. What are you guys doing to advance the American, the American reputation? I mean, are you guys building outposts to get ready to do something? Are you guys building outposts to prepare people for the worst? Because I am. I've literally built three camps, three outposts that can hold upwards of 60,000 people. People, that is a military, that is an army large enough and I'm and I'm and I'm building another one. This is the type of shit that I'm committed to. This is why I feel Americans have become soft. All these people that have millions of followers, millions of followers, so much influence. And what are they doing? They're asking you to buy their shit. So stop being fooled and stop being weak. America is going to need an army to do what needs to be done, period. Very true. A lot of what he says is very true. I want to focus on the two substantive issues, and that is that there are people that say, buy my stuff, and then don't do anything. Like, don't give any kind of, what do you do about it? But then I want to really hammer on and anchor on, like, how do we actually solve problems? And that's really the the impetus in the in the... That is the reason why this live stream is the way that it is. Now, I benefit from people who join memberships and participate in gifts to me. It's my job. This is, this is what I do. I consider this a ministry because I want to bring everything back to the gospel. I believe that by preaching the gospel and making the Bible relevant to the world's problems, I think that is a way where Christians can say, oh, okay, this is where the Bible connects and it blesses and equips and edifies. So that is how I see this. If that's not how it comes across, then you and I disagree, but at the same time, that's where I go. But this is also why last year I did this, or two years ago, I did the Live Local Field Manual, and it's also why earlier this year I started getting into the fundamental law. My law teacher and friend, brother in Christ, Dave Jose, he's at Real Dave Cares For You on Telegram, Twitter and Dave cares for you on Telegram. Learning the fundamental law is a way of repenting from this superficial knowledge of government. Bad education, bad law has gotten to bad belief and bad behavior. And because Americans don't know what's true, Luke eleven fifty two, woe unto you lawyers, for you've hidden away the key of knowledge. When smart people who focus on words and get into the positions like the, the scribes and Pharisees sit in Moses' seat, Matthew 23, 2, 
When people understand that they can use their intelligence or their degrees or the way that they look fancy or their big platforms in order to say things to direct people. And I believe that that is essentially what he's saying, not necessarily about the attorneys in government, but he's saying that people who have the largest audiences, these political conservatives, even though Tim Pool is not a political conservative, you know, these uh, and uh, the other people he listed are. But the um, the idea is if you don't recognize that every idea must be made captive to Jesus Christ, if, if that first initial idea is not firmly in your brain, if that is not firmly guarding your heart, then you will be affirmed in your perspective. The internet has made it to where you can find any perspective that you want. You might have to go search because some perspectives are hidden and censored, but you can find any perspective you want. And so if your heart wants to be uh, idolatrous, which it does, right? The heart is wicked and deceitful. Who can know it? Jeremiah 17, 9. If your heart wants to hear what you want to hear, you can find it now. You can find it and people will build a tribe around that. I don't want to be part of that. I want to be someone who is faithfully obeying Jesus, pointing people to what the Bible says because the Bible is true and I am a liar. Let God be true and every man a liar. Romans 3 verse 4. The the power that he's talking about here is that the big audiences, the big conservative audiences are not equipping, they're not helping conservatives do anything about it. They will very quickly and very broadly speak about the things that are bad, but they don't do anything about it. As it would happen last night on Laura Ingram, she had a segment that's about three and a half minutes long. It literally makes the point that people in government are there for show. They're not there for substance. They have bad law, bad government, and this is the type of situation, this is the type of culture that we have that gets it to where we'll clean up the bad streets of, this, of modern Sodom for the godless communism, for the, for the dictators, so that they can have their dictator parades while we have freeways with homeless people and, and high traffic burn, right? Like this, this culture that gets us that type of incompetence, that type of neglect, is the same culture that now gets us this type of politics. Go ahead. All right, this is a Fox News alert. We just got our hands on new video of what's been going down on Capitol Hill. It was full tilt jungle madness. All right, well, it's not that far off from the truth. It's getting pretty nasty up there. All right, on the House side, Tennessee Congressman Tim Bershay, who voted, of course, to remove Kevin McCarthy as speaker, was doing an interview with NPR when this happened. Why'd you elbow me in the back, Kevin? Oh, no, I felt so bad. Hey, Kevin, you got any guts? <laughs> Jerk. Huh. That's a new move. Hey, Kevin, why'd you go up me and elbow me in the back? <laughs> you got no guts. You didn't sit there and the reporter said it right there. What kind of chicken move is that? You're, you're pathetic, man. Rochette says McCarthy elbowed him in the kidney on purpose. But here's McCarthy's take. I guess our shoulders hit because Bertrand runs up to me after. I didn't know what he was talking about. Some reporters asked me. I did not run and hit the guy. I did not kidney punch him. I did not shoot anything like that. You didn't shove him. No. If I would hit somebody, they would know I hit him. Mmm. McCarthy is now facing an ethics complaint over it. 
filed by the same man who orchestrated his ouster, Matt Gates. Also on the House side, Marjorie Taylor Greene calling Daryl Issa, a word I'm not going to say on TV, after he claimed that she lacked maturity and experience. And an oversight committee hearing devolved into kindergarten name-calling when Jared Moskovitz brought up James Comer's family. They're so financially illiterate. You and Goldman, who is Mr. Trust Fund, continue to try Recla to... Reclaiming my time. No, I'm Re not going to give you your time back. You all continue to... You look like a Smurf here just going around and all this stuff. Now, listen. M Mr. Chairman, you no, have... No, I'm going to tell you no, no, something. Hold on. If You've already been proven a liar, Mr. Moskowitz. What's that? You've already been proven a liar. Today. Who's proven me a liar? You? Yes. The Smurf could be the best line ever. Okay, and if those were the undercard bouts, then the Senate held its main event. Former MMA fighter and current Oklahoma senator Mark Wayne Mullen took issue with a tweet by Teamsters Union leader Sean O'Brien during a help committee hearing. Quit the tough guy act. You know where to find me. Any place, anytime, cowboy. Hashtag little man syndrome. And here's how that ended up going down. Sir, this is a time, this is a place. If you want to run your mouth, we can be two consenting adults. We can finish it here. Okay, that's fine. Perfect. You want to do it now? I'd love to do it right now. Well, stand your butt up then. You stand your butt up. Oh, hold on. Oh, hold, stop it. Is that your solution or your No, no, sit down. Sit down. Okay. You know, you're a United States senator. Sit down. Active. Oh, okay. okay. Sit down, please. Okay. I never thought I'd say this, but Bernie Sanders seems to be the voice of reason here. Yeah. Everything you just saw was a complete and utter embarrassment. It shouldn't be what is projected to our kids from our nation's capital. Reminder to all of you, yeah, the children are watching. You're supposed to be the adults in the room. So act like it. Yeah, uh, there's a couple, couple things. It's entertainment. So I want to link these two ideas. The trucker that was talking about conservatives that don't actually do anything. And now Fox News putting on all these lawmakers that are doing stuff. Folks, we have a constitutional republic. In the republic, the people have the power. The internet has made it to where we feel isolated and we feel alone. We have been, we have destroyed, the internet has facilitated the destruction of individual, like personal in-person community where you don't actually talk to people, shake their hands and look them in the eyeballs. What you do is you talk on the internet. You listen to people on the internet. So I want to return back to one of my fundamental attributes whenever I started this live stream. And that is do not buy my stuff. Do not support me financially. Do not in any way put my voice above the word of God. Don't give or help me financially if it takes away from your local church. Uh, don't buy anything or do, join any memberships that would benefit me financially in any way if you see someone in your life that you can positively bless in the name of Jesus Christ. Seriously, take that and move it and support them. I do this by God's grace. I do this for his glory. Whatever I get is what he gives me. So I'm not on the prowl to get a bigger audience. I'm not on the prowl to like sell a bunch of stuff. Those things are not my focus. My focus is to make sure that people come back to Jesus. That we recognize that the Bible is true and every man is a liar. 
the idea that conservative politics is the majority political opinion in this nation, I believe that's true. I also believe that people in conservative politics have been disconnected from conservative solutions and conservative actions. You can complain about the fact that government is supposed to be limited. An originalist interpretation of the Constitution. But do you actually know how to apply that in the law? Do you know that whenever you write a piece of paper, you put it flat in a certified mail, certified mail, and send it to somebody, and you give lawful commands there? That stands in the law. That's like a real thing. That, that is a real way to assert your rights, to do it the right way, the way that the common law allows and the way that the common law prescribes. But if you've never been directed to that, if you've never taken the time to learn that, you're probably going to hear this and be like, that doesn't work. That's not how it works. Which, I mean, I was speaking to legislators today. I'm speaking to someone who's going to be in a meeting with someone who's in a position to change an entire state like that. Today, probably right now. And it's not because I'm famous, it's not because I'm rich, it's because I learned the fundamental law from Dave Jose, and now I take action on it. I do something about it. I've got my whiteboard right here. I want to talk to people about how to assemble, specifically Christians. I want to talk to Christians because our foundational, our, our, touch, our touchstone is the cornerstone, Jesus. The only way we know Jesus is because of what the Bible says. So I want to speak to Christians who believe the Bible, who look to Jesus, and want to do something about the evil in the world, who don't have a theology that says, well, everything's got to get bad, and so we just got to wait for Jesus to come back, because I don't think the Bible teaches that. If the Bible teaches that, then Jesus has you here just kind of chilling. What are you supposed to be doing in the meantime? Well, preach the gospel, Jaron. Okay, but hold on. As soon as you say preach the gospel, that's you taking your beliefs and engaging the world with them. Why would you believe that you can engage the world with your beliefs if you don't believe that your beliefs can have a positive impact on the world? Do you just randomly do it and don't believe they have any effect? Because now you're double-minded. Now you don't have faith in putting your belief into action. And if your faith is not in that God is good and God provides and he keeps his words, then you're just kind of doing stuff. How do you think stuff works? Who do you think God is that he would give you a command, want you to do it without the guarantee that you get what you expect? Because if you do it going, God, hey, I did this stuff, do this stuff now because I did my part. You need to know who God is. And these conservative pundits are talking about political conservatism because in America, conserving the Constitution is conserving a biblical worldview, conserving biblical values, conserving God's order like a man is a man, a woman is a woman. Marriage is not two girls or two men or a bunch of you know people in a, what do they call it, like a, a polyamorous relationship. God's order is that truth is true and lies are lies. God's order is that I don't want to have to go to war with everybody. I would much rather Proverbs 15 verse 1. A soft answer turneth away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. Verse 2. The tongue of the wise uses knowledge aright, but the mouth of fools poureth out foolishness. If you know what the Bible says, when the world presents you problems, you're going to answer with what God says, which is wisdom. 
You're not going to stir people up into anger by using their skin color or their gender or their have and have notness as a cudgel or a, or a distinct uh, difference in order to uh, radicalize, polarize, and then use as pugilism for a meta-rivalrous, always tribalistic, animus-based uh, agenda to, to get what you want done. This is what conservative politics is. That's what liberal Democrat politics is. It's a power epistemology. It's based on the idea that warfare is predicated on what you have or who you are. And that's not what warfare is. Not according to the Bible. The Bible is true. Christ is king. And everything that is not obedient to him must be made obedient to him. The way that you make it obedient to him is you say what he says and you do what he tells you to do. The American church, I believe, has been taught to not do anything. And so we think like the guy at the end of the video, which is, well, we, we need an army to do what must be done. Hold on there, Mr. Trucker guy, who is otherwise speaking truth. When you say we need an army to do what must be done, what do you mean by that? Who do we need to shoot? Who do you kill in order to change the country? Who needs a bullet in their head before America is righteous again? Because if you think like that, understand first of all that your imagination has been limited. You can't see possibilities. You can't see outcomes that don't depend on the gun. Don't you think that that isn't trained into you? Don't you think that that hasn't been the, the, the byproduct of not teaching you the law, not teaching you knowledge, not having the Bible as the center of people's thinking? If you get rid of God's word, if you get rid of the law, if you get rid of uh, you asserting your rights in written format to your servants in the government, then yeah, you're not really going to be able to think about how to solve problems except for uh, shoot you. At which point, your understanding of the scope of the problem can only, by necessity, be solved by the scope of the gun. You need, uh, I need more people to rise up and go shoot people because uh, the problem's really big. Does shooting some godless commie leftist in the head fix the potholes in your road? Does shooting someone who's a fornicator make sure that the air traffic controllers are bricker bricker one nine coming in for landing safely so they don't air collision and stuff? Where do you get the competence? Does shooting your enemy improve your competence at building a nation, maintaining a nation, growing a nation, and loving your family? Oh, I shot that godless commie in the face. Now I'm a good dad. Shot that fornicator in the face. Now I'm a husband that doesn't watch porn. <laughs> I mean, come on. Like, think about this. If the world sucks... Why would you participate and contribute more of why the world sucks? You got communists everywhere. You got godless commies. You got perverts. You got corrupt people in government. Why would you, in your own righteousness, in your own self-righteousness, do more of what they're doing with the expectation that you're going to get a different result? Oh, I, I killed that guy. And so now I'm a good dad. <laughs> I, I, I got an army of 50,000 people ready to shoot everybody in the face. You're not going to come on my property, even though it's held in tenants in common and I pay property tax because I don't know that they treat my ta they treat my property like it's a commodity and they apply a direct they apply an indirect tax directly, but I'm not going to know the, the, the law. Screw that. I'm just going to get my guns and shoot people in the face. This is moronic. This is dumb. This is stupid.
And I believe it's because we haven't been taught. It's been hidden. And in the meantime, while conservatives, the biggest platforms, all they got is these, these solutions. We got, we got to rise up. Buy my coffee. Which, by the way, I have a coffee company. I have a coffee... Co- uh, I, I wish, excuse me. I have a coffee private membership association. It's not a business. It's a private membership association. And there are opportunities for you to support me. Those links are in the description below. And I appreciate that. But I don't want my financial gain. I don't want the prosperity of me or my family or me and mine to come at the expense of my nation and surely not to come at the expense of pointing people to Jesus. If I don't preach the gospel, woe unto me. If I don't tell people the truth about the gospel, woe unto me. If I don't tell people what the Bible says, if I only use Jaron's perspective to make sense of the world, then I'm no different than anybody else and everybody else doing the exact same thing. I served twice in combat. I, you know, I'm responsible for people being dead. I'm, um, I've done things that aren't good. I've lost friends. I've lost soldiers. I don't want war. But I'm good at it. And so I'm not doing what it is that I'm professionally skilled and experienced at because it's wrong. And there will be people today will be like, well, you need to defend yourself. Amen. I will defend myself. But just because I see lawlessness in government doesn't mean that my conclusion is getting a bunch of people with a bunch of guns and standing to shoot people that oppose us. I don't doubt that that might be a possibility, but woe unto me if I have an imagination that doesn't think anything except I have to kill people in order to get my way. When the dust is gone and the bodies are stacked and the blood is actually, you know, it's, it's curdling and it's becoming solid, right? It's that disgusting, sticky, solid blood thing. It's no longer liquid. It's like, you know, dried everything and it stains everything. When that happens, I'm going to look to my children and then what? Guys, I just forged a world based on blood and dead bodies. How do you think you're going to manage that empire? How do you think your children are going to lead in future generations? See, this is where righteousness, this is where justice, this is where peace and truth needs to be the forefront. There's other things too. I mean, look at this. This is Fox News pointing out that Bill Gates is buying up farmland, threatening small farms under the guise of saving the the planet. Now, this is a common trope. I believe it's happening, first of all. I believe that billionaires are buying up land and major corporations like BlackRock and everything else. I believe that this is happening. But understand, understand this. In America, it's a common law nation. You have the right to property. The right to property is exclusively yours. It's exclusively yours. And so when someone else comes and makes a claim or that you owe a duty, an obligation, or a tax, they are coming directly against your right to property. Did you know that? If you don't know what your right to property means, if you haven't studied and don't know the law, then you get trespassed. You have it violated. And so when Bill Gates is buying up all these small farms, it's because these small farms aren't able to pay for themselves, even though these small farms are only taking out banknotes to make themselves be in business. That doesn't mean anything about the actual land. The land is the asset, not the money. 
And so we have such bad knowledge because we have, we've, we've been distracted from the Bible. We've had angry words, grievous words, stir people up. And because people are stirred up, they think stupid. They're just dumb. This is why we call people to repent. This is why we look at the world and we say that there is a truth in the law. You have a right to property. You go look up Dave Cares for You at, tele, uh, at Twitter or Dave Cares for You on Telegram. Go take his webinars. Go learn his stuff. Go learn the fundamental law. Read the old authors and understand what the law is so that you can stand on it. That way when people come at you, you can defend your rights peacefully in love with the law and there's no argument against you. And there will still be people say, yeah, Jaren, but no one pays attention. And that's just not right. It's just not true. Maybe in your world, people don't pay attention to you. But when I write something and I assert the law and I send it certified mail and I tell them what the law is and I ask them, show me where the where you were granted power to do what you're doing to violate me. And if you don't respond, this stands as truth and fact and law as evidence against you. People pucker up real fast because they start to look at this and say, this dude ain't playing. This is real. We can't argue with this. And the people who know, they don't call you sovereign citizen. The people who actually understand the law, they don't call it quasi-law. The people who know, like judges, they go, oh crap, who, did, who is this guy and what does he know? How does he know these things? I believe that God is doing a new thing. I believe that Christians must assemble. Christians must assemble. The fundamental law is the fundamental law. But the Bible is so more important, so much more important. And, and the, democratiza the democratization of technology has made it to where we have all sorts of viewpoints all over the place. It's a, it's a big, massive buffet line, and you can find anybody to say anything that you want them to say, which is all the why it's more important to guard your hearts and to get back into the scripture and let the Bible tell you what to think. These conservative podcasters with their coffees and their promo codes, these conservative legislators, Mark Wayne Mullen, I challenged him twice for U.S. Congress, lost twice to U.S. Congress, standing up as a U.S. senator wanting to fight the dude in the room. The guy's a teamster. The way that you would attack that is, okay, you represent a union. A union is a negotiating party on behalf of the aggregate rights of the, of the people, right? Make sense? Well, why, where does the corporation who is made by the government have the ability to uh, you know, take the wages out of your paycheck? Where do they get to demand that you go into unsafe situations? Like uh, the corporation made by the government can't make you do something for employment that goes against your basic rights. Can't. So why doesn't the Teamsters tell the people in the union what their rights are? And why doesn't the government guy, uh, Mark Wayne Mullen, come against the corporations that the government controls, which means the government, or the government created, which means the government controls them? You could literally have peace between two people standing up and trying to fight each other with bravado. You could have peace if there was wisdom. But the wisdom isn't known by Mullen, and the wisdom isn't known by the Teamster. The Teamster's motivated because he's going to get paid, and Mullen's motivated because he knows that Oklahomans are going to like the fact that he stood up against a guy that represents a bunch of freaking Democrats. And so this pugilistic, always fighting tribalistic nature doesn't use wisdom, it uses words that stir up wrath. Literally, 
calling the guy to go into physical altercation in a U.S. Senate room, and Bernie freaking Sanders, the dude that hates Jesus and is a freaking communist, an actual communist, is the guy saying, you are a United States senator, you will sit down. And it's like, where's the wisdom? Kevin McCarthy, former Speaker of the House, fallen from grace because he's a freaking shyster, now that he's no longer in power, you see how people don't fear him anymore. Funny how just a matter of weeks changes the fact that no one would dare call Kevin a jerk or say that he doesn't have guts. But yet now that he doesn't have power over them, or they think he no longer has power over them, the perceived power they thought that he once had over them, they no longer perceive it. Don't you recognize how the perceived power is dissipated like that? It's, 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 it's abstract. It's not real. The power is not real. And when the power is no longer real, the dude goes right to him and challenges him to his face. Where was that couple months ago? Now, again, the guy voted against him. Amen. God bless. But Kevin McCarthy has no more power or less power than he once did. Did you know that the Speaker of the House doesn't have to be an elected member of the House of Representatives? Did you know that the Speaker of the House doesn't get to limit the individual legislator's power and ability to write letters of inquiry or to form action committees or to do any of those things? You go to the Mason's Manual of Legislative Procedure. You can look at the fundamental procedure that legislative bodies are, are that have in the common law, and you can literally find chapter 75 at the very end of the book where they can write letters of inquiry and, or, and do all sorts of other things that the, that the leader of the body can't stop them to. But yet if they don't read, how do they, not, how do they know? Because our politicians are all based on the fact that they're freaking show. And so you've got people like Bill Gates doing this stuff, learn your property taxes. You've got these conservatives, you know, doing this entertainment stuff and they got the freaking uh, boxing bell going on. What about this? What about the fact that there's this doctor who's got this sex change doc unveils radical new transgender surgery, swapping the male and the female genitalia between two trans patients at the same time as colleagues decry huge risks of procedure. Do you know something? Do you know that medicine is licensed by the state? Did you know that you cannot practice medicine unless you're licensed by the state? Why? Because of malpractice. And the government has an interest in securing the liberty of patients if doctors are using bad knowledge, bad procedure, or trespass them in the pursuit of healthcare. So a doctor that's licensed by the state, the state has the ability to say you can't get a license. So why do you allow, allow freaking doctors to do these gender swap transplant trans surgeries, which is against the law of God, which is against the maxims of law? How do you let this happen as a state? State doesn't know the law. State doesn't know the constitution. State doesn't know the maxims of the law, so they allow these things happen. And yet this news article will go in through your eyes and in through your ears for the key terrain of the mind and the prize of the soul. And you'll sit there, well, look at how bad things are. Yeah, they're freaking evil. But what are you going to do about it? This is where I want to downshift. I want to downshift into assembling. I want to camp out here real fast. When Jesus died on the cross, was buried, and three days later he rose from the grave, he tells his people, tells his disciples, go, I got all the power. I got all the power in heaven and earth. Go teach the nations. Teach is not force with a gun or with a sword. Teach them. Which means you're going to be doing stuff and saying stuff that will be different and distinct from everybody else. 
So when you say things and do things like Jesus says in his Bible, the world would be like, whoa, I am learning from you. Now they might respond to you and kill you. Okay, amen. To live as Christ, to die as gain, go be in heaven because you were obeying Jesus. Amen. Or they'll be like, how do you do that? And why do you do that? Oh, well, because this book that everyone says is stupid and perverted, it's actually God's word. So whenever you believe it and do what it says, God blesses you and stuff happens. And even if bad stuff happens, like everyone dies and I get stage four cancer and go to heaven, um, I'm in heaven forever. So it's, it's a win, 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 win situation. Never lose. Ever. Ever. That's the mindset Christians are supposed to have. So then you, you do this. After this happened, the disciples went to churches. They went to the synagogues, right? They went to the synagogues and they used the existing node of information. They used the existing apparatus, the synagogues, to start spreading their message. Did you know that there's a lot of churches in America who, when they look to the Bible, they're going to be like, yeah, this is, I mean, it's, it's becoming less and less, but just as lost spiritually as the synagogues were at the during the early church in Acts because Jesus had risen and the old covenant was fading, right? The old covenant was going to go away. That's the book of Hebrews. And Revelation is about Jesus returning and destroying Jerusalem like he said he would in Matthew 24, 34. So when this is happening, the disciples go out and they take the gospel to these places who think that they know God but don't. And so they take this message to where the people are already naturally meeting. The first idea is to assemble with the people where they're already assembling. And you assemble based on what the Bible says. That's your common touch point. Your common touch point is not election integrity. It's not property rights. It's not gun rights. It's not even the U.S. Constitution. Your common touch point is Christ as the Bible reveals. And the people who love Jesus, who hear him, who hear his voice, will recognize there is wisdom that our founders had which is why we have this nation we do, because God blessed men that were following him faithfully, not knowing or having a guaranteed outcome. And when you do that, you're actually manifesting your belief. You are doing what you're supposed to be doing. And if Jaron shows up, and Bob shows up, and this, you know, Marcy shows up, and if other people who believe like me, if we come together... Now us as a group is looking different and acting different than everybody else. And everybody else can look at us as a group. And now us as the group, the called out ones, the assembled, the people, the church, we can now do stuff because now we're using our shared beliefs to speak and to do, to persuade, to instruct, and even in the government to use rights to force the government to obey, to use the law to force government to obey. But this requires you to know what the truth is, to know who you are, and have the courage to go meet people that you don't know. To go to those churches, find the biggest Baptist church in your, in your, in your town, and go to them on a Sunday morning, and, and hand them out something. Say, hey, did you know that the Bible also applies to government? <laughs> did you know that did you know that the gospel also applies to things that hate Jesus? Like those things will believe Jesus too? This is assembling. I want to, if I can, very lastly, I want to point out that war is a racket. Smedley Butler, he's a high-decorated Vietnam veteran, said that this is where the US is quietly sending Israel more ammunition. It's a racket. There's a lot of money involved. 
If you look at the current Israeli ballistic cruise missile range, it's all over the place. My point here is not to dog Israel. My point here is the fact that whereas these people are getting money, right? As these people are getting money, our roads look like that. Our nations destroy, our nations dying. Our, our bridges are on fire. You have people buying up all the land. You've got doctors swapping out genitalia. While our focus is on, well, it's not our focus. While the government's focus, the military-industrial complex focus is on other nations and building up other nations and giving our money to other places, we are not making our focus here. We are not taking care of what we have. We are not stewarding what we have. We have been misled into a tribalistic dynamic where it's, it's, a, it's a this or that. Do you notice that most people won't even ask, why are we involved in the Middle East? Most people will just presuppose our involvement as righteous, as justified, as necessary. They will just automatically assume, okay, we will be involved in the Middle East. And now it's a part, what side am I on? When someone says both sides, what they've just done is they've just imposed a framework that ain't from the Bible. They've just imposed a framework and they've polarized it so that they control it. They want to be able to make sense of it. Okay, I'm for Israel. This is my side. Do you agree with me? No? Then you are against Israel and I, on this issue, am against you. And then if the issue has any kind of theological implication or because we have fallen away from Jesus, we take offense when people disagree with us. There will be people who will call me a heretic. There will be people who say, there was one lady on Twitter that's like, read and reread the Bible when I said that modern Israel was not Israel of the Bible. Read and reread the Bible because she's presupposing that Israel today is Israel of the Bible. So whenever I say that the people in Israel are not God's chosen people because they hate Jesus, God doesn't have people who hate Jesus. He does not have people who reject him, who flip him the bird, spit on him, and reject him. Those are not God's people. You have a very low view of who God is if you think his people will just flip in the bird and, you know, go pound sand. So whenever I say this, and she presupposes that the people in modern Israel are God's chosen people, she's one, she's saying that we're not, that Christians aren't, but she's saying that they are. Well then, if that's her belief, and she believes it comes from the Bible, then anyone who says anything against that is automatically an enemy of Christ, automatically going against what the Bible says, and automatically wrong and probably going to go to hell. This is how things work. So instead of making that idea, her presuppositions, obey Jesus and uh, identify what the Bible says, she's just kind of going along with it. And there's millions of Americans who do that. They just go along with what they think because we all think what we think is true. Instead of making that idea come back and be captive to Christ, we don't recognize the bigger picture because we're so focused in on whatever we conclude is because where we begin is true. Because we begin at a place of truth. We begin, we think, at a point of conviction. And we conflate our conviction for Christ. And when our conviction is conflated for Christ, then anything that our conviction tells us must be in our thinking, well, what, that's what Jesus wants, therefore I'm right. This is how you can get people who all claim Christ be vicious and, and against each other. is because 
someone is not actually obeying the king. Someone is not actually obedient. Someone's, someone's at war with Jesus right now. And this is, I believe, one of the drivers of why America's third worldification is happening. Christians aren't obedient to Jesus. The solution is to repent of our sin and to look to Christ, to let the Bible tell us what to think, to get back to the fundamental law, to live local, shorten your supply chains, educate your own children. If, you, if you're a boomer and you're retired, use your retirement to teach your grandkids. Use your retirement to bless the generations. Take the wealth that you have that you think you're going to put, 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 put on and kind of ride out the rest of your life. Your big nest egg should not come at the expense of the generations behind you. Do not let your nest egg and your retirement be the be what you know what the generations don't experience from your wisdom, from your participation. And it may be the idol, it may be the object that you worship to where you need to kill it and sacrifice it and use it to bless other people. And put yourself in a position where you depend on them and they depend on you. And now the generations can be brought back together. Now the families can be reconstituted. Now you see God work his mercy and his grace and his love and his reconciliation. And as families come back together, as generations blend back together, they're not separated. Which means now work ethic is passed down. That competence for the air traffic controllers or the plumbers or the railroad conductors. Like those competences are now passed down. Because the humility of the older generation to recognize, holy crap, the world's on fire. We have to self-sacrifice in order to help it. In order to love these people in a way that they need to be loved, haven't been loved, been told the truth. And that way they have a provision. And then the younger generations who are looking at everything going, this doesn't make sense. This sucks. I'm rejecting everything from my forefathers. I'm rejecting everything. That's a dangerous position. If the younger generations have unhitched themselves from previous generations, then they won't, they won't care at all about anything that you say. And if that's the case, they will plod their path. They will plow whatever trail they want. They will do whatever they want wherever they lead. And if neither side is using the Bible, then they're all wrong, which is just more chaos. That's why I do what I do the way I do. Lord willing, it works. Lord willing, it uh, is contributing to somebody. It blesses somebody. <laughs> That's what I want. That's what I want because I believe the, I believe the gospel. I believe that the gospel of Jesus Christ is the only way to go to heaven. I believe that Jesus was perfect and sinless and he died on the cross for my sin. I believe that whenever he died in and was put in the ground, that proves his sin was dead with him. When he physically rose from the grave, it means that he conquered death. It means he's the king. It means he's the boss. And it means that life, his life conquers death. I believe that whenever you repent of your sin, you confess that sin, and you're baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, you are born again and you walk with him. You're obeying him. You're doing what he says. You've done what he says. But because he is good, he saved you. Not because you've earned it. Not because you've checked blocks and you've done stuff, but because he is good, he saved you. This changes everything. The gospel changes everything. It's not a message the world likes. It's something that the world will insult. It's something that the world will attack. There will be Christian denominations that brand themselves based on what points of scripture they think. 
And so instead of actually letting the Bible tell them what to think, that they'll say, well, this is how my daddy did it, or this is how my favorite pastor says it, this is what the commentary says, this is what a YouTube video that I watched, which was really convincing to me, says. Instead of letting the Bible say stuff and clear everything out, they will build for themselves doctrines. They will call doctrines names. Now, those doctrines known by those man-made names are not words that the Bible uses. So if you're using a man-made word that the Bible doesn't use, you're not using Bible words. Well, Jaron, this was a word that's been used for a thousand years. That's fine. Does God use it? No. Then who cares? Then I don't care about it. That means you're a heretic. Did God use the word? No. Okay. Well then, so I'm, I'm, I'm going with what the Bible says and you're going with what a main man said. Okay. I'm good with that. I'm good with that. There's so much confusion. There's so much division because there's a lot of competition to be God. I don't want to be him. I want to serve him. I want to obey him. And all that begins with the gospel. If you do not believe the gospel, you will go to hell. Not because God hates you, but because you sinned against God and you are his enemy. And he will punish you because he's just. He's just and he's loving. And when Jesus took our sin on that cross, God's wrath was poured out on him. When you believe the gospel, you benefit from Christ's death. If you don't, then it's you looking at Christ going, I don't care about that guy. I don't care. I want to believe the God. I want you to believe the gospel. I believe the gospel. So believe the gospel. Hey, uh, this, this uh, podcast, this live stream, I spoke about uh, ways to help. Uh, you know, not to, not to be self-serving. This is my job. There are opportunities to help uh, me and bless me. Uh, there's a Zoom link for a Thursday meeting on the patriotswitch.com slash Jaren opportunities. There is humble whole bean coffee, but again, don't support me financially. Don't help me in any way. If it takes, if, if, if you are putting more time listening to me than the Bible, you're wrong. Stop listening to me and read your Bible. If you are uh, helping me financially in whatever way that you could be helping someone else, go help somebody else. Because I would much rather you be the hands and feet of Christ. I would much rather you love people and follow Jesus and obey him and be the blessing to people in your life than to help out some random dude on the internet. And I mean that. I mean that regardless of if it costs me followers or money or support or anything. Because I believe and I'm faithful that God will provide for me what I need and what he wants to give me. Um, so I, I don't have to hide from the financial stuff. Um, this is what I do for a living to support my family, but I'm not going to subject the the wants and the needs of my family to the truth of the gospel and the truth that people need to hear. If you are giving people your attention, if you're letting them in your ears, if you're watching them, if you're letting them in your brain, discern, have the discernment. Are they pointing you to solutions? Are they pointing you to actually doing something? Are they telling you, don't support me in order to, uh, if, if it takes away from this? Use the discernment, figure out what the truth is, and go with that. I find that in most cases, it's I need to love my neighbor. I find in most cases, it's I need to love the person and serve the person I can physically see instead of this internet-based stuff. And I say that to my own detriment because most of the people that listen to me have, have never met me in person. So that's what's true. That's what I believe. God bless you. Lord willing, I'll be back on what's tomorrow, Thursday. 
<laughs> I just big. Uh, Lord Will will be back tomorrow on Thursday. Until then, I am Jaron Jackson. I do love America. Do not quit. Don't quit. You go to war.